So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. All right, so you want to just go ahead and jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Ready to go. This is uh, Detox America podcast number 38, and we're here with Stephen Kettner. Hey. Again. Um, yeah, you were the Yeah, you were the first podcast on uh, that we did on Detox America, and been wanting to get you back for a long time, and uh, it's, uh, what, what's been new? Uh, personally, or like, well, yeah. I mean, um, so last time we spoke, uh, you were still just playing a lot of gigs and yeah, started teaching, and then yeah, still I started kind of following that pro- path. Yeah, that path. I started uh producing music more for people. Like, I got into uh, I was just starting when I met you. I got into building recording studios right. and uh, voiceover studios. Um, I did Gabe Kunda's voiceover studio in his house. He's the, uh, like, My Hero Academia. Okay. He does, like, a nice. Rock Lock. Nice. And he does a bunch of other voiceover stuff. Like, if you watch, like, Disney Plus, like, if there's, like, an advertisement for Disney Plus on YouTube or something, he's the voice dude, like, Disney. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. that's him. And, um, so I did that. Um, read a lot. Got better at guitar. Uh, I released a song, which was called Hotep Rock. And I released it March, like, 9th, which was, like, five oh. days before all the lockdowns. Yeah, it was oh, 2020. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was, like, and then I had another song, which was about, like, uh, like white privilege. It was, it was called A Stolen Jewel. It's by a guy named uh, Charlie Crockett. I was just covering it, but I did, like, a big production. And it seemed, like, kind of, like, exploitive of the crisis with George Floyd to release it in the summer. So then it's just I've been sitting on that since over a year. So, yeah, just trying to survive as a performer in this environment. It's like most of the places I played were shut down. And then the places that were left open, um, they were not following good protocols. I won't name any names. But so I have a daughter uh, who's on chemotherapy. So it's like it wasn't possible. So, yeah, basically just imagine like youth too, surviving, trying to raise a family in like the middle of a international catastrophe right yeah it's uh been pretty difficult i mean and i'm uh i don't have a family i don't have kids uh like isaiah but uh um, i mean it's definitely it's been a strange last few months that's for sure and i mean 
I told you, you know, my I lost my job due to COVID, which a lot of people around, you know, the nation or a lot of around the world are experiencing. And um, I try to stay really op- optimistic about it. Me and Isaiah have talked about it a lot. But um, as for me, um, try to find the good in, the, in these situations. And what can I learn? What can I take from all of this? And um, to better myself and better my future. Because we still have a life to live. Right. It, it's going to go on. So um, I try not to think that this is the end. Right. You know, um, but, uh, man, there, there's, there's still like so much shit going on, uh, that's, that's, uh, difficult to process, you know, and everybody was, everybody was like 2020s, you know, shit, you know, hopefully 2021 is better. And then we're going into 2021 and things are shaken, you know, mm-hmm. like our, our whole society. Uh, and we kind of talked a little bit about what's going on, um, before we started recording but um how do you i know you said that you're trying to stay out of politics but it's no not, i mean it's, it's not it's just, kind of hard to yeah avoid exactly. yeah you know? yeah i just haven't like i i used to like center my daily thinking around what's going on in politics like it was like, it was like my version of sports you know right. but like it's now like number five on the list of things i care about <laughs> right. instead of number one but uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, my general sensation, I, I happened to be talking to a girl that I just started dating. Um, you like that first beginning of like when you're talking to somebody, you end up like talking for eight hours. Right, like, Whoa, right. like time disappeared. So like I woke up that afternoon because I'm a musician and a piece of shit. And um, I was talking to this girl and like we got into like a conversation and it lasted like all day. And then like when we got done talking, I was like, well, did you see the news today? And so it was like, it had like the whole thing at the Capitol had like began, multiplied, exploded, gone off and like sent it down. And then like everybody was already like calming down and like talking about other shit, like all in that arc. I mean, people right, were still right. talking about it, but it wasn't like nonstop. So then I just look at my feed from the day and I was like, holy shit, I missed all of this. And it's like, it felt so good because yeah. I didn't, I was doing something I was, you know, enjoying much more than that. And I didn't have any negative emotions that day. And when I came to look at the event, it's like I had a lot more objectivity because if I saw it happening, it would be so shocking. I would probably think like, it's the end of the world. Like something like you have like, uh, what, what's that like thing? Like psychology is like catastrophic thinking, you know? Right, it's right. Like, it's, and then it's like, because I wasn't in that space with everybody else. Like, you're like, this is just a, it was like, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I mean, like, this is one of my better days. Yeah, like, exactly. Like everybody's having like this shit fucking day and this shit mentality with all this yeah, it's like crazy whole, shit going oh, on. This girl like, thinks my text is funny. You know? <laughs> and it's like, uh, but it goes to like a bigger issue. Like I think, and we were talking about this a little earlier. I think that the fundamental issue is so much deeper. I think that the political things, whether it's the economic things, the social things, those are like, auxiliary like bubbles from like a boiling pot and the water that's boiling inside of the fire that's burning is what's going on in people's houses right i think it's it's really easy to turn your gaze outwards to look for problems right but i think like it's it's much harder like what i've learned with what i'm going through this year um if you turn the gaze inwards it's way more complicated it's way more complicated than what's going on out there and what people do is all that animosity and all that hatred that they have in here that hasn't been processed, they turn it outwards because it's actually easier to process this. 
it's actually easier to think, oh, there's some sore losers and they got mad and trashed the place, yeah. right? Like that, because so, that, essentially that's what happened. And then some they sore can take losers that, got that, mad and trashed. They the can place. take that internal angst that they have and their anger that that they're gonna neglect. They're not gonna pay attention to the shadow, you know, th- that dark part of their psyche, and they're gonna turn it on the outward thing because I guess it's much easier. Right? Yeah, it's like, it's, like it's like you know any like. Uh, Anti-social behavior trait, whether it's like narcissism or sociopathy or whatever it is, or like borderline personality disorder, it's like people have so much of this. Like, and it's so like the mental health thing. It's like not just like one of those people, but it's like it's really bad. And it's like, um, and it's bad in the sense that like people don't even know they have a problem. And like even telling somebody like, oh, you should probably see a psychologist. They're like, oh, this is stupid. Like, well, and then they yeah. feel like you're attacking them. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I mean, I see a psychologist, and it's like, I do meditation, I try to do yoga, I try to be mindful every day, and it's 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 difficult because I think it's getting better. It's like, say with something like the Me Too movement or something, it's like, I didn't really know um, until something happened to a close person of mine recently how bad it was for women, you know? Like, I had gotten it, like, more with time, but it's like... Like, they think, like, like rape, for example, or, like, sexual assault is, like, 99% unreported. Or they think, like, the prevalency of, like, female assaults is, like, is, I think it's, like, three in five or something. So, it's, like, three in five women have admit to being sexually assaulted. But that's, like, with 99% underreporting. So, it's, like, then I go into my own family and I talk to the members and, like, they all start disclosing. Like, my mom, my sister, like, and my aunts and uncles. And they're, like, oh, yeah, this happened to all the women and da 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 And it's, like, now, like, every girl I talk to and, like, we broach the subject, they're, like, oh, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. And the thing is, too, it's, like, well, then what's going on with that? And it's, like, well, then you have guys that have, you know, like, these flawed, like, masculine archetypes or whatever it is. And they got to, you know, get notches on their belt or whatever whatever's causing this and maybe they maybe they were attacked too or maybe they were out of you know rejection their entire life you know being rejected by women their entire lives can can turn into yeah but i don't think an attack man, on them. sure yeah i i don't think people a healthy person doesn't lash out at somebody over a rejection absolutely um not. they probably lash out at themselves right because they're right. like well what did i do wrong um i think I think it's really deep, but what I would say is like this political stuff, it's bad parenting, like divorce rate for millennials, what is it, like 75% or something? It's like, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's astronomical. Like Lack of good education, right? Like if you go on these dating apps, it's like every girl I see between the ages of 25 and 35, which would be like my dating age because I'm 32, um, they have like two or three kids, maybe more, multiple dads. Clearly, they're on a dating app, so they're not... Yeah, so... And I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying it's like, we don't have our shit together. And it's like, and our parents told us to have our shit together, but they didn't really have their shit together. They had it, like, slightly more together. And it's like... I don't, well, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I mean, so far, lot, lot to unpack on, on this conversation, but... Um, totally forgot what I was going to say. What was the last thing you said? We were talking uh, about the... I'm on a dating app and like every girl in our generation and then like the divorce rate's really high. Our parents oh, yeah, didn't yeah. have their shit together but it was a little more together. Yeah, no. And I mean, so obviously the world that they were living in was way, way different both, you know, socially, economically, um, in terms of, you know, like, like everything, education, health outcomes, you know, all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, just like, you know, 40, 50 years ago, like they were looking at an entirely different, 
you know, different systems of communication, different, you know, ways to get their education, right. the weight that that education carried. You know what I mean? So right, like our college degree uh, the, nonsense. I, I can I can definitely pick up on this like uh, like like background hum of just anxiety that we can't live to those same standards. So all these expectations that were set by these generations, you know, uh, uh, literally like it's, it would be physically impossible to meet them because the world is just so much more drastically different. Um, so yeah, you definitely, you definitely see a lot of, a lot of, um, that pop up in, in <clears throat> different, uh, areas, you know, as far as like social interaction is concerned, uh, both on like the individual basis and on like the massive, massive scale of just how large groups of people communicate with each other. And then, I, I don't know how much of that can really be attributed to the direct action being made by really, um, I don't know, I feel like just people that are, that are. I almost want to say that they're like detached from reality, you know, with, with the audacity to, to storm the nation's capital and be like, look, we know that our guy would have won because we liked him a lot. Like you guys don't have, you don't understand how much we like this guy. You're trying to tell me he lost. No, we get it. And then they, they, <laughs> they're going, you know, and then going up there and just being like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I can see the bad parenting angle, but I think a much way, way, way bigger piece of the pie here is, is the direct, um, attention and affection that they're receiving from, you know, the great leader. Well, yeah, sure, but what, what is like, what is he? He's their father, right? I mean, he's 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 the archetypal coming. They reenact their own trauma, right? So, whatever kind of parental dysfunction, like, is they're mirroring in their own household with their own kids, or that they received, or some combination. It's like the the strong man comes in when society starts to crumble, right? So, like, there's there's good parallels, like you know, like you don't want like Godwin fallacy this, but uh, uh, like Adolf Hitler, right? So, like, as there's economic discontent in a civilization, right? Like in the Weimar Republic after World War II, um, they have to get hyperinflation. They have to print a bunch of Deutschmark to buy gold so they can pay off their, you know, the reparations to the allies. And so the value of the currency collapses. So they get like hyperinflation, like mass inflation. And then their society devolves into what's called like cabaret culture. There's a Broadway musical called Cabaret. It's just about this subject. And so people were not able to survive. And so when the value of your money is declining every day, your time windows start to contract. Because you don't think I'm going to save my money for college. I'm going to save my money for my daughter's college. I'm going to save my money for the future because your money won't be worth anything. So mm-hmm. your consumption starts to not exist in long-range planning. It starts to exist in short-term planning, right? Well, short-term gratification are usually tend towards more immoral or what you would say like harmful activities. Like, I'm going to go to the strip club. I'm going to go get some prostitutes. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to capital. Yeah, exactly. And so like that's why the roaring 20s is in the 1930s is the jazz age because everybody's going to the bar and getting shit-faced. You know, and listening to jazz, which is what I do for a living. And so it's like what I feel, it's like it's it's similar, like it's not identical one-to-one, but it's like it's this feeling in a civilization where like you reach affluence without ever going through civilization. You just go straight from barbarism to like affluence. So we're like we're owning slaves and killing Native Americans and putting kids in factories. And then we have so much productivity, suddenly we're the most advanced civilization in the world, but we never learned civilization. Like we never learned like the classics. We never like, 
And so you have all these people that are really just the descendants of a bar of barbaric civilization who have access to all this technology and all this information feed, right? And so it's like, what happens when a whole bunch of dysfunctional white people in middle America who have dysfunctional households are told by a father figure that they've told is like since the eighties, when they were young, they were told he's the ideal of American like uh, money and success. And he says, you're great. You're the best. You're doing everything right. Everybody else is doing everything wrong. You're doing everything right. It's like, it's like the ideal uh, psychological soil for that thing to grow up, which is like, like the Weimar Republic, right? So Hitler comes and he says, they're all collapsed. They're like, their families are all like falling apart. Everybody's on cocaine. You know, it's like cocaine comes from Germany and it's like, everybody's like doing blow and like heroin comes from Germany. Everybody's like shooting up in the cabarets and leaving their wives and their kids at home. And Hitler's like, you're not like this. You're men. You're great. We'll be great together. Da, da, da. And then everybody corrals around this like false masculine ideal. So you do know? you think, uh, do you think that Trump is aware that he's doing this? No, I think it's, you it's don't like, think he is? I think it's happy accidents, man. I think, I think like if you really research Trump, it's like, I'm a big fan of Pendulette. I love his podcast. Um, it's called uh, Pendulette Sunday School. It's hilarious. But so Pendulette, the magician was on the celebrity apprentice uh, for two seasons. And he spent a lot of time with Trump. And so if you watch those board meetings with Trump, he says, they look like Trump's pretty smart. Like he's got his stuff together. He's like, but the board meeting's like 30 seconds to three minutes, right? <laughs> he's like, they were shot for like four to six hours. And so here's what happened. It's like a glass table and everybody had to sit on their hands because Trump didn't want like the handprints in the shot. And Trump would just come in with like a newspaper and he would just sit down and start riffing. Like, like a jazz improviser of gab, you know, and he would just blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, I sold the hotel, uh, Madison Avenue, $13 million. I paid $10 million. Is that not a profit? The New York Times said I should have gotten $14 million. And so everybody on the Celebrity Prince is just like, okay. He's like, well, what do you guys think? And like, well, we don't, we don't, we don't do real estate. Like, we don't. We <laughs> I'm just, a magician. Yeah, I just, <laughs> like, Pinterest, like, I just did, like, this, like, cookie business. Like, we make cookie cutters. I did it with Carrot Top. Like, what are you, why are you asking me about this? So, that's how Trump is. So, he would just riff, like, a jazz player for four hours. And then the mad geniuses are getting paid a fortune by NBC. You have to go and edit that together so he makes sense, right? right? And it's like, that's how his whole political thing started. When he said he was running for president. Uh, in whatever year it was, 2014 or 15, when he declared he was running. He said he did it as like a political stunt because they didn't want it. He found out that uh, uh, Snooki was making a higher salary than he was uh, on NBC. And he got mad about it. He's like, I have the highest rated show on NBC. Why is Snooki getting more money? So as a publicity stunt, he, hired, he makes the Make America Great hats, hires a bunch of stand-ins to fill up an auditorium, and he just gets up there and does his thing. He just riffs. He's like... You know, and he just repeats what his grandpa said, like any political idea he's ever heard in his life. But do you think there's some kind of like entertainment genius behind that? Like knowing, yeah, knowing yeah. how to manipulate uh, a viewer. Yeah, because the thing is like Trump doesn't care they storm the Capitol. He wants more like followers on his Twitter. Right. He is like the political, politicized equivalent <laughs> of Twitter. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> thank God. But he is the politicized equivalent of like those like 22 year old girls with like big butts that bend over on the camera yeah, and have yeah. like 90 million followers, right? It's like the girl with the big butt has more followers than Trump does, right? And we're not like, oh my God, is she going to start a movement? She could probably. But and so here's this guy. He's just a Twitter personality. He's not even good at business. And then suddenly, because he's the most powerful man in the world, 
politically, we have to listen to his bullshit for four years. But do you think he was, do you think he's consciously aware that he's, I feel like, I feel like the Trump supporter is actually dumber than Trump is. Do you think, I feel yeah, like, maybe. I feel like he knows what he's doing. I feel like he knows that he's, you know, like hurting this, this, this crowd, uh, like a bunch of sheep. I think, I think he knows that like, because he looks at the data every day. He's like one of those people who has like a room full of analysts looking at his social media stats to make him, his ego feel good. Right. I think, I think that just to challenge this idea real quick, I think that Trump being some kind of like masterful, like great media manipulator who's just playing, playing everybody. Um, I don't. I don't personally think that that's the case. I think that based on the pattern of just like every, if you look at everything from just like how he talks to like what he talks about to like what he says whenever it's like, for example, like if you just look at his Twitter and like the way he tweets and stuff like that, like I think you can get a pretty good idea of like how fast the hamster wheels are spinning. You know, he's like I mean? Roseanne um, Barr. He's like Roseanne Barr. You know, because if you watch her on like a Joe Rogan. She's a nice lady. She's just old. She has old timey ideas, and she does a lot of prescription drugs. But don't get on Twitter at two a.m. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but I well, think that's out of him tweeting like what her grandma told. I her. think that's where <laughs> all of Trump's. I think a lot of his power is realized when he is going through his Twitter feed or going through the news feed and seeing all of these people who are admiring him and bowing down to him. Now he knows that he's got these people and he, and, and that feeds his ego and, and anybody in that situation is going to want more and more and more. And he's well, like, he, he feeds his own ego. Like he doesn't need anybody. And like, whether it's a hater or a supporter, like, or, or nobody, literally nobody, like he'll either, he'll either, uh, look at himself in the this, mirror this and ask energy, if he's the shit. Yeah, and he's like, either, yeah, he'll either, Right. Well, he'll either get this this energy from, you know, his supporters, from people who are like, no, Trump, or he'll, like, literally just look in the mirror and get it from himself and just be like, you want this, you're the best. Right. But uh, another thing I want to point out is as much as, you know, I, I love to troll uh, the Trump audience as much as the next guy, but something to take into serious consideration if we're having a serious conversation about this is there's actually a surprisingly diverse um, spectrum of, of Trump supporters. Mm. Uh, something I've, I've picked up on, you know, like, like, like you really raise your eyebrow at some of these people who are just like, they're not necessarily the, the, what's it called? Red hat wearing, you know, 20 something uh, white dude who's perturbing people on social media. Uh, but they I, like I, his tax ideas and, yeah, they're they're well, business it, owners who. It's it's when you it's when you look beyond, like where the cameras looking, I guess you could say, and just like have these conversations with people at like the workplace and like places you hang out and stuff, and you talk to people, and you're like, you know, though, if, if you if you're approachable, you know, people will will start to discuss these ideas, and they'll be like, you know, yeah, I voted for Trump, but and it's like perfect perfect you example. Did? Uh, my jack wasn't in my car because I let my girlfriend borrow it, didn't put it back. A guy with a Make America Great bumper sticker and don't trample all oh. my freedom on stuff pulls over. Yeah, yeah. He gets out, he's a welder, he's covered in like grease and stuff. White guy, really blonde hair, his name's Jared, sweet guy. 
And he got under, like, and jacked my car up. And he, like, had the tire off before I even got my spare out, you know? And I was like, dude. I was like, thank you. I got his number. And I said, when I start playing again, come to my show with your girlfriend. And it's like, because, and this is what I'm really talking about. It's like, if we could, like, imagine people, it's like, I could draw, like, a, a red sock puppet and a blue sock puppet, right? And then I could say, this one represents these virtues, and this one represents these virtues. And we probably all agree those are good virtues, but whichever one we put more emphasis on, you're going to lean that way, right? And then I could just have these things argue about, like, which which virtue is greater, uh, openness and kindness or safety and security you know and it's like and people are like, well safety and security because if you're not secure you can't be open and kind it's like but if you're not open and kind you're not going to be open to like new experiences and like people that need help and being able to help other. and so it's like people will just rattle this out like it's like the broncos playing the steelers and it's like who cares it's like those are like abstractions that don't actually exist like trump doesn't actually embody any of the ideals that come out of his mouth because there are no ideals there. And most of the idealist politicians, like like a Rand Paul or an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she'll be like, I will not support this bill. I will not support this bill. And the moment it has to pass, she passes it. Right? It's, it's nonsense. It's like this is a way to project whatever's going on in here outside of us so we don't have to deal with it. And that's all it is. And here's the problem, though. Out there has serious consequences. It's kids in cages. It's, it's countries being blown to pieces. You know, there's there's a book on art. I think I mentioned this in the last one. It's called uh, The War of Art. It's yeah. not The Art of War. Actually, and, uh, I actually picked it up after you mentioned it's it. It's so great. But he talks about resistance, right? And let's use the Godwin fallacy again and reference Hitler. He says that, like, we have an internal greatness, like something that makes us want to, like, me and him were talking about our posture. I was like, man, I'm working on my posture. He's like, me too. I was like, you know, you get older and you're like, my parents were right again. God. Like, because you're like hunched over I'm in your over 30s. You're like, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't attractive. <laughs> right. But it's, you have something in you that, that, there's this thing that like moves up you, like kundalini energy, whatever you want to call it, like through your spinal cord. And like, you take a deep breath and you're like fierce like a lion. And like, you that feel feels good. Yeah. And you feel open to reality and in control and not afraid. And how to adapt, adapt to problems. And you feel um, this ability that I don't know how this works, but I can figure it out. Like, and it's like, that's the thing that moves people from caves into civilization. But, uh, there was a point to that. Oh, what's really going on with people is I think people are not living out their best virtues, right? Um, so Hitler, for example, he wanted to be an artist, right? So, and he's pretty good. Look up his paintings. He was like 16 and he's doing like hyper realism, right? Like, what's the new thing? Like, it looks like a photograph and he's 16 doing but this. But he was rejected by yeah, because our institute. It was abstract he, art then when he went to the University of Austria, right? Like, it and was it's uh, like, this isn't cool right now. It wasn't cool. This isn't trending. And so instead of like, okay, cool, I'll go to America. I'll go to another university. He got one level of resistance, right? And he got butthurt and he got in his feelings. And so he went and signed. He's like, I'm not going to do art. It's stupid. He's been doing it since he was like a baby, right? And so he goes and signs up for the military and fights in World War One, right? So, and there's that trajectory. And it's like, if you don't think not dealing with what's going on inside is not real, it's like Hitler would rather blow up Poland than stare at a blank canvas. And so is this why you, and, I, and we, we touched on it a little bit already uh, before we started recording, but you, we, we were talking about how you've kind of stepped away you've kind of removed that political argument from your life. And was it because like, what, why was that? Why did you decide? Cause you were fucking balls deep. The last time we talked. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, way you ran a center, center right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I feel like, 
I went on Glenn Beck's show right out right after I did the first podcast, and it was me, Kelly D from um, K104, this transgender gentleman, very nice, uh, biologically female, but transitioned as an adult, uh, uh, Marxist college professor Glenn Beck, and then Riaz Patel, who's like a gay Palestinian reporter for CNN, right? And so we're all, we had dinner, like Glenn Beck made dinner in like the Barney studio, which he owns now, where they did Barney and Friends. And they filmed it, and it was really cool. And it's like, the thing is, he was right, but then he got all politicized the last few years. And it's like, but talking to him, because I used to hate that guy. Glenn Beck? Yeah, Glenn Beck. It's like, he's the nicest dude. and super open-minded. And like, very like, he was crying when the, uh, sorry, the transgender person, I don't know what pronoun they prefer, um, was telling their life story. And it's like, man, you're not a bad dude after all. But my feeling is that, the politics is a way to make a boundary. And I was thinking about this today, like in trauma counseling, like you got to learn to make boundaries. You got to learn to make boundaries. And I was like, that is true. Like, don't kill me. Don't rape me. Don't touch me sexually without my consent. Don't da da da. Like, so those are boundaries. But it's like, they put so much emphasis on boundaries. It's like, they make like having a friendship or like a girlfriend or a wife seem like it's really about just like negotiating like the selfish giant, like don't come on my lawn. Like, you know, like, it's like this, like, thing, like, you can't come near me, dude. Like, it's like, it's going to create torment. I think, what about negotiating preferences? What if, what if politics was, hey, I really like, uh, security. And you're like, well, I really like, uh, openness and kindness. And it's like, okay, well, we're just different beings, right? It's like, we don't have to decide who's better. Mm-hmm. Why don't we find a way to, like, make both things work? And it's like, that seems like, yeah, let's all sit together and hold hands. It gets hard when, like... Well, we got to raise taxes on this group of people to pay for this. And these people might not get the same education. And then it's like when you're actually negotiating reality, that's when it gets messy and people want to bring out pitchforks. But I don't want to get into the pitchfork side of it because what if I, what if that guy got out of his car today to help me? And I was like, fuck you. You supported Trump. You fucking put kids in cages. You fucking racist Nazi. Get your fucking car. What if he's got his tire iron? He's like, ah! and like, and then he's like, oh my God. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, like. Like, that could happen. And it's like, or it's like, you're a really nice person, man. Let's just be humans. First and foremost. And so, like, uh, we didn't really, you didn't quite touch on why you removed all that from your life. man. I have the gift of gab. (laughs) You're Uh, good. So, like, why why was it important for you to kind of just step away? Well, I had a a series of traumatic events. Uh, My best friend died on a motorcycle. Um... My best friend before that was Javi. He got he got deported. My friend Javi, he owned a magazine yeah. in Dallas called yeah. Throat. And then um, I think we met through him. Yeah, yeah, that's how that is how we met. And then I, I got out of a seven year relationship where I was raising two kids, and it's like, and so that's been very difficult. But then, as I'm going through this transition, I'm at my sister's house, and her kitchen catches on fire with grease fire, Ooh. and then like grease went across my hand, and I'm a musician, so just second and third degree burns on my hand, I got the fire out, saved the place, and our insurance is, thank God, going to replace everything, so it worked out, but it's like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, you know, it's like, the first lesson is usually as far as you need to go in a lot of things, because you're never going to really understand the first lesson, because the first lesson in any subject is usually so deep. It's like, you're never going to get past that one. If you just get that one, you got the whole thing, right? And so the first premise of, you know, Western philosophy is know thyself, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, man, I was like, I don't know anything about me, really. 
It's like, why when... Uh, why Because you to... spent so much time trying to figure everything else out? Yeah, it's like, why do I talk so much? I talk a lot. I have, I have a problem. I'm a talker. Like, if someone's like, how's your day? I'm like, Brrr! right? And that's like over-disclosing to people. People don't care. They just met you. You know, like, to have some, like... It's not a boundary thing, I don't think. It's just more like, think maybe other people have things to say, or <laughs> maybe... They have other things they're dealing with. They don't want to hear about your problems. And it's like, so, well, what's going on? It's like, well, I'm the youngest of three. It's like, uh, but it, and my parents are very busy, right? Raising three kids and both working when I was a kid. And it's like, I probably had to learn to be real talky, real chatty to get what I needed. And so like, that's a pattern I developed when I was like four to eight years old. Right. And it's like, and it got my narcissistic feedback, right. When I was a kid. Well, now it's like I'm 32 and I'm still running the same pattern to get mommy's attention, you know, from seven because I never turned it off. And it's so ingrained into all my interactions and my failed relationships and friendships, and business opportunities. It's like, dang, I need to get that under control. Maybe, maybe that's more important than whether or not some QAnon idiots dressed up like mooses and like ran a Confederate <laughs> flag through the Capitol. And maybe, maybe you know, I'd say right. the Confederate flag thing symbolically is annoying. The Confederate flag had never been inside the Capitol in history. That's very annoying. But it's like, okay, like flies are annoying too. They're bastards. No, I think you touched on a really good uh, point there that um, there are things that every single one of us are dealing with internally that is way more important than that fucking uh, siege on the Capitol, which did nothing at all but kill right. five people and... It, like, and illustrated one larger point of how racist police are, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Instead of, you know, they kind of just stayed back. It, it was a large crowd of white Republicans. So, you know, let, let them be. Let them do whatever they want to do. If, it was a, if that was a group of black men or a group of gay men, women, you know, whatever, then there would have been a lot more force instilled, uh, I feel like. But uh, you touched on a really good point that, like, why why are we so wrapped up in in viewing that and uh arguing about that online with everybody that we come in contact with when there's so much that we need to be paying attention in our own lives and our our own uh personal well-being the per the well-being of our loved ones we all have got some serious problems there's a a, a global pandemic at the moment and yet this trivial bullshit like yes there, there's probably reason to be upset there's always reason to be upset it's okay to be upset uh what did you accomplish you didn't accomplish shit uh you was the election rigged probably was the last one rigged probably was the right. one before that rigged probably like the well, system's fucking broken uh but people are are neglecting themselves it's it's important to to do that inner work, we all like, I, and that's what I was hoping we would get out of COVID was the time alone to to reflect, right. to have self reflection, and what is important to us: family, uh, our neighbors, love thy neighbor, like right. the guy who pulled over and helped you. Yeah, he's a good guy, and those are the things that we need to be focusing on. I think we focus way too much on the horrible shit that is going on in the world. Well, yeah, there's horrible shit going on in the world, but there's great shit going on in the world, too. Mm -hmm. Why can't we f focus on that? And I think the more we put our energy and focus into those 
great things that are happening, if we were always focusing on the great things and feeding our energy into the great things, we would see this fucking explosion of of great things happening. And I think that would flip us from this negative side of reality onto this positive side of reality. You know, not completely ne- neglecting the, the bad things. We need to pay attention to those and work on those. But I think life is overall pretty fucking good compared if you if you're a student of history you understand how much better this day and age is compared to the past right why can't we focus on that well and so so a couple things though is like like i i can see how the issues might be distant but i definitely don't think that uh the I don't, I don't think trivial, I don't think I, I don't think I would call it trivial because you got to understand that like several kinds of history were made in that demonstration and you know, the, the magnitude, the historic magnitude, you know, in hindsight will probably be a lot more observable. Like the implications of that, I was, I was reading uh, just some, some different, you know, uh, news articles and perspectives about uh, what was going on and you know stuff that people don't think about is like uh, the the uh, what's it called the risk that that kind of uh, behavior carries uh, in, in national security like if people can just hop up in there uh, they can install you know spyware uh, they can uh, put mics in there they mm. can uh have direct access to a lot of plant uh, bombs, anything, you know, uh, yeah, even, you know, even, even, even that. So, uh, I, I think that, uh, the magnitude of what really happened and just the fact that, that our own, our nation's own citizens marched in there, in my opinion, unjustly, um, and definitely for the wrong reasons. Uh, and then, you know, costs, a few, a few people, their lives, um, all in protest of uh, democracy, uh, democratic mm-hmm. election. You know what I mean? And it's like, if, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I definitely don't think it's trivial. I think that. Yeah. And I don't mean to trivialize it either. It's, it's what I, my position is that I think that they should have been at home taking care of their loved ones or paying attention to stuff like that. Uh, I think, it was foolish. Uh, not uh, trivial, can I, can yes. I give you an, can I give you an example? I thought of that fire in my sister's house as like a metaphor for everything, right? And it's like, well, why was that my sister's house? Well, because I, I ended a seven-year relationship, right? Where now these two kids don't have a stepdad. You know, I've been their dad for seven years. And it's like, and I'm without my family and my property, so I'm staying at my sister's. It's like, well, why wasn't my sister in the house? Well, my sister was in Houston for her birthday to be with my parents um, because she was recently divorced, right? It's like, well, why didn't I hear the smoke alarm go off? I didn't hear the smoke alarm go off because she got recently divorced. Her husband never changed the battery and the smoke alarm. She was too short to do it and didn't know how to get a ladder because that was the man's job, right? And it's like, so, but it's even like, you can keep taking the causal lens back. Well, what caused this? What caused this? And it's like, you can go back to some primordial <laughs> version of Cain and Abel. Yeah. And some guy got jealous that some another person was better looking or did something better or drew a prettier picture on the tree and they got mad and hit him. And it's like, so I don't mean to take the lens that far back, right? Uh, which I think there's a sensation that I'm doing. You can, yeah. And it's like, and I think you're completely right. It's like, like in the short term where the rubber meets the road, the things then, if I, I think you persuaded me, let's talk on that level. 
because it's it's where it does have to happen at some place. For me personally, I'm somewhere else. But um, one, police are clearly racist. Like they just are. Like the institution itself is racist systemically. Like the ideologies and the practices they're playing out every day were designed. It's just like the government food pyramid. It, it's we know it's wrong. We know it's out of date, but people still try to follow it, and that's why we have a like a national health crisis, right? Well, because it's a it's a existing uh, paradigm from uh, from the past. From the past, it's kind of like uh, how we inherit uh, certain traits from the I'll past. I'll tell you a good analogy. Like, uh, sorry, there, there's this guy, and uh, his wife is making a ham for Easter, and she cuts off the front of the ham, she cuts off the back of the ham, she throws it in the trash, she puts it in the oven, right? And she does it every year. So finally, the husband's like, why do you cut off the front and the back? She's like, oh, that's how my mom prepared the ham. So he goes to his wife's mom. He's like, why do you cut off the back and the front? She's like, that's how my mom used to prepare the ham. So he goes to the grandma. And she's like, oh, I, had, I didn't have big enough pans. So I cut off the front and the back so it would fit inside the smaller pan. Right? Like, and it's like, so know. this behavior, it's like my seven-year-old behavior that I'm still engaging in at 32. It's like, so... Well, it's like, well, now si- we have big enough pans. So when you say systemic racism, I think it confuses people. It's like there are systems that were designed by outright racists. Like racialism was the word for racist before. It was a good idea, people thought. Eugenics, right? Like Hitler learned a lot of his eugenic theories from American scientists, right? Like in the, in the 1800s and uh, uh, not Darwin, the other guy, um, and survival of the fittest and all this stuff and uh, social Darwinism. And it's like that was all like that's what, if you were a smart thinking person, even a progressive you're probably a little bit racist, right? And it's like, because there's different races, and so people are different, like a caste system, and you might be good at this, and the other guy's not, so let's put everybody where they're best suited. It seemed like very humane and all this stuff, and we see where a flawed ideology takes us. But mm-hmm. the issue is, there are, like, our highway system, or zoning, or how credit the credit system works, or how all these things work. It was designed specifically to route progress and access to healthcare, education, economic Things routed around certain communities. So that like enclose a certain communities, gives them all the privileges and all this stuff. Well, you say, well, we got rid of that. We had the civil rights side and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but that was more like we like put a crack in this legal shield and like threw some things out every now and then. We're like, hey, you like that. You like that. You like that. And then we closed it back up. Right. And those policies from over a century ago are most of them. And this is the problem with like passing bills that are 6,000 pages long that nobody reads. And let's pass it in four hours. Most of those bills that were passed, you know, Jim Crow and even during slavery are still law, are still affecting systems. And so you can't, we can't take, and maybe I'm going too far back again, but it's like there's this idea that like, well, look, the white people got away with it. It's like, man, it's so much deeper. It's like, it's it's in the way that like, you look at a white fat lady in a wheelchair coming in, like, Trip! you know, it's like, and then what are, what are her real complaints? She doesn't take care of herself. Those are her real complaints, right? She lost the contest for who gets whose name gets on like the Oval Office. It's like she's not really mad. She doesn't really have a real issue. Her only real issues are with herself. But then you have ten thousand people outside the Capitol, um, all mixed races. A lot of them young men with big muscles. A lot of them with a history of violence. A lot of them, and not like they're bad people, but like they do jujitsu, they do martial arts. They're there, pumped up, right? And it's like. Sorry. And they say, let the kids out of the cages. Well, that's serious. So you need tanks. You need tear gas. You need all this stuff because they will burn the capital down. Mm-hmm. 
And why is why is that met with so much force? I guess it's that that systemic racism. So how do we heal that? Do we? I think Fuck. last time we, I, <laughs> I, no I think I think last last time uh, we spoke, you you spoke a lot about letting the shit burn down and restarting. Like, yeah, and it's like now clearly I was wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, because who's gonna who's gonna restart it? Right. QAnon, like I mean, I don't, Jesus. No. Do you think this uh this idea which keeps getting thrown out there and I hate even fucking mentioning it, but now I feel like I have to, but the the whole civil war part two. Uh I don't cuz I don't think this unrest is done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And especially with the uh, the inauguration coming up, uh you know, we've we've talked a lot about uh things that are going to happen in the future on this podcast. And uh, I think a lot of the times I've been wrong, thankfully, uh, but I still feel like uh, come January 20th, 21st, the inauguration, uh, I I still feel like there's going to be some unrest. And especially with this push to impeach Trump for a second time, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this is only fuel to the fire. Right. Yeah, how did that go today? I was literally watching that when um, I walked out of the house. They were casting the votes in the house. So, uh, overwhelmingly, Democrats won, I think, uh, about by like 20 or 30 votes, somewhere okay. around there. Uh, 10 Republicans yeah. voted. Then it goes to the Senate, yes. and then doesn't it go to like a court, and then it comes back to the Do Senate. Do we have, and then even the have Senate... enough time? It's like seven days. No, the um, uh, the I was reading about that right before we got on, but the I think the hearing is going to be Friday like the 20th no 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 the it's going to be after after uh Joe Biden is inaugurated oh really but the I think the reason that they're still pushing for it specifically is so that he can't run for public office and so that he can't you know cash in on the like post-president benefits I think it's just kind of like their way of saying like you don't belong here. You never did. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. They, they really, uh, they're really trying to stick it to him now. Um, I think they also, they don't want him to run again. Yeah, that's. Yeah. He can they, run yeah, again in 2024. Keeping, keeping him from or, running for any public, yeah, office, any public office, especially office president. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and the, it's not like it really matters. This wastes so much money, but uh, he won't get a salary or whatever. They get like right. some six figure the, retainer yeah, bullshit. President benefits, all yeah. that stuff. Oh, piece of shit, that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so if, if um, we want to... Uh, so I did have some uh, philosophical questions I wanted to uh, shoot at you, uh, kind of stemming from our last conversation. Um, we can steer away from politics. Uh, well, wait, one more thing, though. Go for it. Do you... Okay, so you guys know why specifically they're trying to impeach him this time, right? Because like he, Not one reason specifically? Like incited, the most important incited the 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 siege of the capital they right. basically said that yes. he he told them to uh go and be strong and make your voice heard and mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah so something we've seen um play out throughout the entire administration and uh you know i feel like the, the whole the whole reason the administration ever came to be in existence in the first place is like we have this guy who is Telling everybody blatant, blatant lies. You know, right. the, the election was fraudulent. The 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 machines were fraudulent. You know, all this, that, and the other right. were fraudulent. You know, he just 
like says stuff that is like verifiably untrue and people who want to hear that lie believe it and then whenever the result of the of reality comes crashing down around them it's like like they can't hang right right so so i i feel like uh going back to uh the beginning of the conversation just like i don't feel like he was ever ever like a mastermind or anything like that and i don't feel like every single person who supported him was well, like i feel like know, he he knows one kind of person per se i feel like he knows that his followers are gonna believe when he says that shit and that's where but, i get well, the, yeah that's that's where i get what if you got because i see what i see kind of it's like laying scaffolding for a future problem because trump yeah. revealed that the scaffolding for a hitler is there if there was a better candidate if, if like, let's say, for example, Elon Musk became a fascist, right? And when he's in, in 20 years, he runs for president and he starts pulling all the same chords and strings Trump did, right? And he's actually a successful businessman. He's actually a super genius and he actually could do damage. And he actually, and it's like, and he would be a much better hero. Like I would almost, I'd be like, well, I'm going to vote for him even if I don't agree with some of his Just policies. Fucking Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. You see like what would happen if somebody in that kind of like patriarchal ideal of masculinity who embodies all the values, right? Like truly, he's like, is the, is the chosen one of like whatever the patriarchal value system is. And he ascends that scaffolding Trump has now revealed has been in the works, you know, for a hundred years. Well, he'll, he'll just, that's have, fucking scary. He'll yeah. just have bots and AI, you know, on yeah, his side. I mean, so, so that's when Terminator comes into play, right? That's when Skynet, it, man, it's, Skynet takes over and, and... We get the robo-police. Yeah. yeah, or like, but say like a Mark Cuban or say, like, I mean, say anybody. Say anybody. I'm picking people kind of on the right, but it's like, say like, uh, I mean, Mark Cuban's on the left, I guess, but... Is Elon on the right? I mean, these people are like outside of politics. Yeah, really. that's, what it's I, like, that's what I would say. So when they when they weigh in, it can like have attributes of both. And so then people are like, well, they must be libertarian. It's like, yeah, but they don't like this and they don't, you know, so it's, it's like... You don't really have conclusion they jumped to. Yeah, I know because you're like, well, it's not this, it's that. And if it's not that, it's the one other thing I've heard of. You know, so it's like, but yeah, I think like Cuban would run as a Democrat and Elon Musk would probably run as a Republican. You know, or they might both run. I think that they might the Democrats is like when you look on like the left right spectrum, the most extreme fringes like Bernie Sanders are still center right of the international movement of left and right. right, like right our right. most extreme left is still center right. You know, so it's like mm -hmm. we don't have a left in this country. We have some angry college students who wants to start paying taxes for 20 years, move center, move center right. You know, that's where they move. Did you have any, you want to move on or did you want to? I guess just to on... wrap that up, like, do you guys think this is a, a good call? Like, do you think like, fuck yeah, impeach the guy? Or are you like, this is beating a dead horse at this point? Like, what do you guys think? I think it's beating a dead horse. Uh, I think with, with what's happened, I think, uh, I don't think public perception would allow him to uh, let me, oh, take any let kind me, of office me, again. Let me rephrase that. Do you think that based on the merit of his actions that they're worthy of impeachment? Like, Do you think mm. that having set the precedent that he set to pander to the audience that he pandered to and uh, feeding them the stuff that he was feeding them, do you think that that precedent being set is is just to squash it with an iron fist now so that no future president is like oh by the way let's let's turn this place upside I down i think so you know i mean? think or do you think 
Okay, go ahead. No, I, I think I think that's a good idea. Squash the fucking bug, like, and, and set a precedent that no, we're not gonna allow this shit. Like, the dude is a piece of shit, mm-hmm. and that should be known, and it should be, he should pay for that. I mean, he, I, I, I firmly believe that he knows what he was doing. I believe he knows that he was pulling those strings, and and, and so fuck yeah, impeach the guy. Yeah, that's where I stand. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, uh. My daughter has such a nice body. If she wasn't my daughter, I'd probably be dating her. It's like everybody like, knows. Done. Everybody knows that guy's. Done. Everybody knows that guy's a piece of shit. And if you don't, it's like you're living in some alternate, like, dissociated, like, abuse trauma reality of being like not taking care of yourself, right? Well, his, like, his, it's like you're not you're not in touch with like physical ground. I think his so, fan base, so. like him, enjoys being hated. It's like that toxic ex girlfriend who loves drama. Like, I think those are, the, like, his fan base are those same kind of people. They like being on the team that's hated. It's like, it's like the sadomasochism of politics. Like, like they, they like they being, feed off of it. Call me a whore, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, call me racist. Mm, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, daddy. I don't care if I'm racist as long as you think I'm skinny. So. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I think it's, I think it's warranted. And, um. I hope it works. I, here's my biggest fear is that like every time the Democrats do something, it's like this guy who's going on a date and he talks this big game and then he gets there and he's none of the things that he said. He lied. He doesn't do this for a living. He doesn't do, yeah, yeah. He, they catfish us, right? And I think so. The Democrats a lot of times feel like they're catfishing us because they say all this stuff and they put all the images on the screens and talk all this talk. Then they get there and they, they can never get anything done. They can done. never perform. And they no. can't get, you know, not since Obamacare have they gotten anything done. So it's like, um, and it's questionable how great that went, you know? So, um, this will just be another like premature ejaculation. Like they're not going to get him impeached because it's most likely the legal argument is not strong enough. Like he didn't tell them specifically what to do. Nothing he said specifically is crime. Right. Um, and nothing, even the verbiage that he used is not specifically telling any specific person to commit an illegal act. Right. So they will have to create a new precedent for how we interpret the English language to even like get this to fly through a higher court. And I don't, I don't I think, don't it's think necessarily happen. how we interpret the English language as much as how we interpret the intention behind what, or excuse me, how we interpret the consequence of what is said by people in power. Yeah. Because, well, here's the thing. Again, we're, I think we're, we're g- in this unprecedented time of, of you know, uh, communication technology. So like these messages aren't you know, following on the, you know, 200 weirdos that show up to some middle of nowhere thing. Right. This is, this is messages being broadcast to the entire world. Seven billion and, people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and it has consequences, you know? Well, there's that too. Yeah. So then that, I mean, if, if we're talking realistically, right, I agree with you. And I think that I don't want to have like a Fox news position where I'm like, well, <laughs> what really is anyways, you know? So it's like, um, I'm just saying, like, as a realist, I don't think the legal argument is going to stand up in court, and I think it's going to be. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think that, you know, I haven't. I haven't seen something that would make me like. I, I haven't seen something that's like. Uh, how do I put this? I guess just blatantly incriminating. You right. know, I can see stuff that could be argued, but I haven't seen anything that's like. Look, it says, go. You know, go, go to this address at this like, time and do this exactly. specific crime, you know, which is pretty much right. what you need to make him a conspirator or something, you know. So it's like, but I don't know. That's for attorneys to figure out. Um, my feeling generally is that 
I would almost prefer the Democrats not do this and this go badly, right? Like they get nothing done. And it's like, because it's like they, they pick these hills to die on that make for great TV. And they really <laughs> rally the troops for a couple of weeks. And then each time the troops are like, finally, there will be blood. And it's like, no, actually, there's like golden parachutes and everybody who did wrong things gets out of life, you know? So it's like the Matthew principle, you know, like the rich get rich, the poor get poor. And it's like those who have much more will be given. Those who have little more will be taken away, you know? So it's like which is it, kind of it, a- it, it ingrains this like, which I don't believe, but it ingrains this thing because we see it so much that like maybe the universe is fundamentally malevolent. Maybe the universe fundamentally is unjust when really horrific things can happen and nothing bad there are no consequences for the evildoers. And when that kind of message, and it's like, it's like, then what's the point of even being a Democrat? It's like, well, so I can sleep at night. Okay. That's a fair thing. But next time you need the largest voter turnout that you've ever needed in history to beat, you know, Trump the second, right? El Duce. The moment you need to rally the troops again, you may not have that kind of influence because they may have become indifferent. Like me, you know, they may, they've saying they become too philosophical. They're like, nah, I tried it, didn't work. And I voted for Biden, you know, I voted libertarian since I was 18, and I voted Democrat this year, and I voted for Beto or Beto. Um, I voted for him uh, two years ago. As the first, that was the first time I voted Democrat. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm always going to vote Democrat so I can sleep at night. Even the stuff I disagree with, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Because um, I have boundaries. Like, here's a boundary don't put two year olds in cages. And it's like, well, let's talk about the meanings of cages. And what is a two-year-old anyways? And it's like, nope, like, I'm not engaging in that. Like, you know, that's a boundary. Like, like you just put a wine bottle up my ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we're not, we're not negotiating why you were okay with doing that. So that's my feeling. Like, I, I hope it goes well. Like, it's not going to is my feeling. Yeah. Fair enough. No. Um, I uh, fuck, man. Um, I don't know philosophy. How, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I you mean, said you had some questions for us. Well, man. yeah. No. Um, I think uh, so. I've been playing with these ideas of like free will and determinism, right? Um, you have pretty strong opinion on on that. Uh, but um, so I've gotten to this point where I'm not so sure we have free will. Um because of the the causal chain i guess uh Mm. is is what the philosophical term is that we are only reacting to uh to uh to to to, we're we're reacting we're to it's like cause and effect Mm. like the only reason why um i i decided to to do this podcast today or or whatever i'm reacting to some to a precursor Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I had this, uh, revelation on, um, on mushrooms one time and it, and it really led me to the, to the belief that like, uh, we, we only, we're only reacting. And I think like, it's been that way, uh, for a very long time, like, or, or since, uh, the beginning, since, uh, whenever things got set in motion, it has all just been, uh, a reaction of the moment before. Um, you know, like, like, the, like yeah, 
and, and um, I mean, in the way that you're so let, let there be light, and then it's like, and then by necessity of what that command means, everything must come into existence the way that it becomes. Yeah. And so uh, then, then we get to the. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand. I feel like everything is cause and effect, and my actions are a cause of uh, what happened previously. Um, even the way that I respond to you mm. or even the way that you move uh, triggers something in me mm. to, to act a certain way. Um, it goes very deep. Uh, but then you get to, uh, well, then, you know, if we don't have free will, is there uh, such thing as fate or mm. uh, determinism? It, are we, uh, on this causal chain, is that going to lead us to a to a certain point that's mm. already if you had a machine to tell you uh you know how things are going to play out uh playing off of the uh maybe algorithms of this causal chain uh could we determine the end mm. point it's like if if i saw if i was a surfer right i've never surfed but waves are generating by physics, by physical principles. And if I could write down all the causal things and like where the, you know, the moon's the, gravity. The, yeah. And like I could predict where every single wave would be. So that it's not actually random. It's just so complicated. I couldn't actually figure it out. Right. And so it seems like well, the, these waves are determined, but I don't determine them. That's what's important. Right. So we lost your volume. Sorry, but wouldn't that also imply that there's some kind of, uh, like, like, like constant, like there, there's no interference, there's no variable, there's no, you know what I mean? Well, the variable like, would be its own constant, right? Because it's like, as you, like the four laws of, you know, mechanics, the strong and weak nuclear force, uh, gravity, the electromagnetic spectrum, and what am I, there's a fourth force, strong and weak nuclear force, gravity, God. electromagnetic, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, what's the fourth cause? Uh... Strong and weak nuclear force, electromagnetism, gravity, and what? Wow, that's so stupid. Think about it. Well, whatever. I lost it. There's four forces in the universe, and like fundamental forces, and they're what are turning mm -hmm. quarks and atoms, right? They're what winds the clock and turns the gears. And it's like, so if you knew all of the data inputted into those, those four equations, for, you know, four families of equations which describe reality, the outcome would squirt out the other side every single possibility that you're experiencing, right? Um, and if you input these specific ones, it would be the specific one you're experiencing, right? So it's like, okay, so here's what I would say. So then the surfer gets on the wave. It's like, to me, the free will comes in to how does he decide to ride the wave? Now, so you have to get into like a deeper discussion. This is where we're getting last time. But wasn't he taught or didn't he... Free will to me is not the ability, like, I want to be invisible right now, and I'm invisible. So, because I don't have control of all the laws of physics, I therefore have no free will. Free will is the ability to pick between possible outcomes. All it is is this very rudimentary frontal cortex function. I don't think anybody except humans have it, and mostly adult humans. It's this prefrontal cortex ability to see a series of potentials and choose based on preferences, right? And you could say, well, your preferences are physically generated. That's true, too, but maybe that's just what being conscious is. It doesn't mean that I don't have or that. Taught, I don't have. Down I don't have that facility. Yeah. Or the way that you you decide to choose a certain thing might have yeah. been. Uh, and like, I can only choose the things that I've experienced, anyways. Like I can't choose from. A, like I can't. Like, I'm going to build a rocket ship while I'm on the surfboard and go to the moon. Like I don't have. You know. So, 
and there's things I'm not in control. But here's what I would say is you have to accept that this principle called emergentism in philosophy, and you accept it every day, right? Uh, from simplistic things emerge more complex structures, right? So, boo, bing, bang. It's just quarks and dust, right? They, they merge together because of gravity into uh, hydrogen. Those merge together into helium and make stars. And some of those stars get so big they explode and they make the heavy elements and iron and gold and all this stuff and uh, carbon. And that all spreads into the universe and the gravity pulls it all together and suddenly you get more and more complex structures. So that's called emergentism. From a singular idea that's very simple, the one, right? The, the point, the primordial atom before the Big Bang, right? That's the most simple idea you can have is unity, is one. Everything is one thing. So then as the one thing becomes many things and changes its form into multiplicities of itself, suddenly you have all these different potentials. Well, I could be on this planet or this planet. I could be here. I could be here. But I can't be outside of the system, right? I still have to play by the rules of the system. So from inanimate, non-organic, non-self-replicating material somehow emerges from that structure organic, self-replicating material, life. But it doesn't possess a will. It's still like... It's like a series of pipes and gears that are just organically constructed, but it emerges, right? Then from that emerges what you could call like consciousness, like which is like a dog or a little baby or like a, a being that is aware of reality and can respond to data from its direct outside and then make choices, right? But then there's a higher level, which is the human consciousness, because a dog sees a rock fall and it might be able to figure out like, oh, there's a source behind that makes the rock move, right? But that's as far as it's going to go. Most likely, it's going to become scared, right? That's why that's why dogs howl at the moon. A full moon scares the shit out of them. And so they go, arr, arr, and they're making it run away. They, th they think the moon is running away from them howling. And they all, let's keep howling, and it runs away. Like pe primitive people doing rain dances to make it rain, right? And they're like, we succeeded. Our tribe will survive. We howled the moon away, right? But a person can see a rock fall or an apple fall. And just from thinking about that one event, in Isaac Newton's case, he can devise how all motion in the entire cosmos works, right? And so that ability to focus, hyper-focus, and like, I'm just going to think about why do apples fall? Why do apples fall out of trees? And take that as far as you can possibly go in a causal chain. That ability and the choice to do it, right? The choice to be present, the choice to like be aware of what's actually going on in your body, what's actually going on right now. The choice to focus, that's all free will is to me. It's just like, I will focus on this present task or I will disengage and let, oh, what, what happened? You still there, Isaiah? Yeah, okay. I will let, or... But do we have a choice to be present? We are present. Like, we didn't have a choice to... I was about to say, that sounds like, you know, we, the, the the real legwork that was being done there was in, observation you know what i mean like which can be done passively which can be done from the from the roller coaster as well as the driver's seat of the car right so but uh, see, even your metaphor implies free will because you're saying the driver's seat there's a distinguishing factor because so this is well that's what, more, I'm, that's what i'm saying so, so like are we on the roller coaster or are we on i would the, say more fundamentally you, you can't argue against free will because any argument against free will assumes free will right it's like you can't argue against the senses there's no such thing as like it's a contradiction if I sent you a letter from this house and you got it in the mail tomorrow and it said the mail never gets delivered, the medium defies the message because it was sent through the mail. If I whisper in your ear, I say hearing doesn't exist. I have to hear you in order for the message to be true. In order for you to make the argument against free will, you have to believe implicitly that I have free will and I can change my mind if I choose to. Your argument implies itself. So it, it's self-negating. Like, 
And whether underneath the structure we have control or not, you'll never know. You just won't know. But it seems like we have free will. And by necessity, in order for me to change my mind, to hear a piece of information and sort through potentials, and maybe that matches reality, maybe it doesn't. Um, that's all I'm saying free will is, is the sorting ability. I'm going to put this round thing into the round hole and the square thing into the square hole. I'm going to look at my sense data and take what he said and put it up against my data and does it fit or does it not fit. And it's not like I can do that. Anything can do that. But I have the choice to do it or to not do it. Right. I can zone out and let things happen automatically or I can engage in the process. Right. That's all free will is to me. It's not like I turn invisible and there's no physics. Um, so I think at a deeper level, it makes no sense if, if a rock fell down a hill to be like, rock, you should have fallen somewhere else. Right. And what we're saying is if we knew all the causes of why the rock fell, we would know exactly where it would fall every time. And so we're saying, but humans are so complicated down this causal chain. It's like an avalanche. There's no way to determine with our minds, it's too limited, where every rock should fall according to the laws of physics. It's too much. So you say, fundamentally, we're saying, well, because of complexity, humans are so complex, it just seems like you have free will, right? But then would you, have, would you argue with the rock you shouldn't have fallen? And you would say, no, that would be stupid. Then why are you arguing with me, the avalanche, and telling me I don't exist? Right? You're looking at the avalanche, and you're saying it's stupid to argue with the rock, but it makes sense for me to argue with the avalanche, right? Because I'm the avalanche. I'm this complex thing that's saying there is free will. I exist. And it's like, yeah, but you don't. It's like you saying that I don't proves the free will because you would not argue with the rock, but you will argue with something that's more complicated than the rock, right? Mm -hmm. So any argument against free will is just proving free will because if there's no free will, right, then there's no murder. There's no Trump. There's no anything wrong. All this is just a spectrum of like a subdivision, you know, and it's like, here's a quarter note. Here's an eighth note. Here's 16th. And it's like, we're just saying we're at, we're at like such a fast subdivision. It just looks like this. It's like a structure inside. Of, maybe that's what it is. But in this game, it seems like we have choices. And even the choice of saying, I don't believe in choices is the choice. And to say, I'm going to persuade you that there are no choices. It's like, there's no hearing. Like mail doesn't get but, delivered. But the, the, the thought of uh, thinking that I'm making a choice to say that I don't believe in choice, but my choice to to make that choice is predicated from or is a but, result of previous but, like a like a, a lecture that i listened but, to but see you're appealing to the rational conscious structure of the frontal cortex that i'm referring to which i say is free will because you're saying me making the choice was predetermined by choices other people made or da, 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 but i i'm making the choice by not making the choice well you can't even know if you're making choices if you're determined you can't you can't know my argument for determinism is right. You have no thoughts. Those aren't thoughts. You don't make choices between thoughts and sort them out. And you telling me that is like asking me, sort, you sort the thoughts that agree with my statement. And it's like, well, I, if I don't have the ability to sort the thoughts, you can't know if you're right or wrong anyways. I can't know if 2 plus 2 equals 4 because I'm determined. Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to analyze data and say like this quantity and this quantity is this quantity. I don't have that ability. I'm just randomly stimulus response. I'm just a really big atom bumping into other atoms doing random shit, right? It's like, I don't have any control of this. It's like, so there is no two plus two equals four. There is no right and wrong. This isn't even a real place because it's determined. Like my consciousness is just a construct. It's like, and, and here's the thing. And this is what I tell you, like, I'm friendly to this argument. You guys familiar with Malcolm Gladwell? No. He's a half Jamaican journalist from Canada, very famous. He wrote a book called Outliers. And then he wrote a book recently called uh, Talking to Strangers. It's great. It's, it's like the thing that just happened with the guy. 
he take talking with strangers is just a book on he takes five examples of where communication broke down like horrifically and tragedy came out and so he starts with uh, sandra bland in houston and like how her and the cop just did not see eye to eye and he analyzes every detail of their social economic backgrounds and how that led necessarily to that consequence right so he starts off the book outliers with how happy accidents favor some and ignore others right so most uh nhl hockey league players who play in the stanley cup all have birthdays within a few weeks of each other and he's like, well, why is that? And so people are like, well, it was a conspiracy. And it's like, no, no, no. So they cut off like signing up for hockey or whatever in like January, right? So if you're born in December, right? You're the oldest person who will play in that hockey league, right? No. Oh, you're the youngest person. Sorry. They'll play in the hockey league. Well, if you're born in January, you're the oldest person who will play in the hockey league, right? Now think when you're five, four, five, six years old and you're just learning to do hockey, right? One year of difference is like I'm born in January and the youngest player is born in December in my league, right? I'm a year apart. I'm a year apart in mental development. I'm a year apart in physical, hand-to-eye, motor skill function, right? So I'm the star player. I get all the extra practice. I get all the extra massages from the coaches. I play the, I get the most reps. I get all, and I'm told I'm special. It's just because I'm genetically a year ahead of everybody else. So because I get all this extra love and conditioning and practicing and training, everybody at the top of the of, of, uh, NHL, we said NFL, they're all like within a few weeks of each other in birth dates. And so then he takes, there's a lot of other fields like this, uh, Silicon Valley, like the top dogs, like Bill Gates, they all have birthdays like within like a year or two of each other. And it had to do with what was going on in the media at that time about microprocessing and like what they would have been exposed to during watching cartoons as kids. And it's like, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to entertain this idea that it's, it's, like, it's like a hand of poker, right? You don't control unless you're the dealer what cards you get. And so I'm happy to say that those cards you were dealt were you had nothing to do with. But I do believe you have a choice of how you play those cards. Because playing the cards is the same thing. Square goes in square, circle goes in circle, star goes in star. I have the choice. I'm going to sort these cards. Or I can throw the cards in the air and take a dump on the table. You know, and like poker doesn't exist. You know? Right. Gotcha. So at a mechanical level, you might be right. But the thing is, you will never convince me because in order to convince me, you would be defeating your own argument. So it's like, it's like, it's like this. Everything in this sentence is false. Mm. Is the sentence true? If the sentence is false, then it's a true sentence. But if the sentence is true, everything in the sentence is false, then it's a false sentence. So the statement is both true and false simultaneously. It's two mm. plus two equals five now. Like it makes no sense what I just said. Everything in the sentence is false. So now... Everything in the sentence is true. That can be validated. I can hold up evidence and be like, well, is that true? Is that true? Is that true? But so if I create negatives, like argue against the negative, prove to me what it's like to be conscious without invoking your consciousness. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like you're asking me to in order. You're asking me to go from a systemic position that my biology doesn't allow me to do. You're like asking me to take a four dimensional viewpoint. Right. And it's like, well, man, I did drugs or I think a lot. And it's like, no. We don't have the hardware. It's like I can't. I can't run whatever OS you're running on when, on a, a fucking uh, Dell computer from 1994. It, it does not exist. The circuitry is not there to make it happen. You know, it's like I, I can't put a, a a rocket engine on your daughter's tricycle or something. You know what I mean? It's like it won't fit. <laughs> like so, it's like it's not gonna work. Right. So I keep spinning your computer. No, you're good. It's about cleaning. Ah, uh, fuck, man. Uh. 
think we're about an hour and a half in, and uh, I was just getting started. Uh, <laughs> I, gotta go, I gotta go meet that girl. No, dude, yeah, you do. Have I was. To, uh, I had like a terrible, terrible day. I had a terrible day. Um, last night was crazy. I uh, dropped acid. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> and then uh, my friend had this really cool massage chair, and it's like one of those ones that, like flips you upside down and like grabs your hands. Like, and I was like, it's eating me. And I was like, and I like, couldn't stop laughing because it tickled. And he's like, you want to do DMT? I've never done it before. Yeah. And uh, so I did 10 hits of DMT, like big and held them in. And it was like, and you know what it told me? While you're in the chair, right? Yeah, I was in the chair. Yes. Dude, it was insane. We're playing like 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 Dark Side of the Moon or something was playing. So it was like, wild, man. Never saw shit like that. But what I would tell you about that trip is I kept trying to fix my posture. Like the machine was even like, get your spine straight, right? Right before this happened, I ran sound at a thing. I run sound. And... There's like this like white noise, chaos, like low frequency oscillation through all the speakers. And I'm like checking everything and everything. And like, what am I doing wrong? I was like, it's got to be one connection somewhere is fucked. And it's sending noise through the whole chain. On the input jack of one of the monitors, there's a little screw and it come loose. And so one of the solder things was touching the screw and couldn't find its way to the ground. It was just going into the audio chain and going out all the speakers. And so screwed it down. We almost didn't get to, the, the performer almost didn't get to perform. See, if I hadn't been there, if I had just given up, and like, the system's broken, right? It wouldn't have happened. But I was like, no, it's, it's a point, it's a tiny point in the chain. So when I was on the DMT, it said, get your spine right, is what these vortexes and things are like, get your spine right, get your breathing right. Because that's the circuitry, that's the, it would be the, a determinist, right? This is the mechanical circuitry that makes you what you are. And if one point is off in your spine, one thing is twisted like that, all the circuitry is down the chain, deficient. And it was like, that seems ridiculous. But it's like, so my new thing, like my personal development thing is I'm going to sit up. <laughs> fucking psychedelics, man. <laughs> that yeah, fucking man. revelation. You look handsome. That DMT You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I want to blow you now. Like, <laughs> well, fucking shout out to DMT revelations and, and the LSD <laughs> as well and the massage chair and uh, and and you for fucking coming out here and having yeah. this conversation. Love you, man. Love you too, yeah, bro. Especially uh-huh. after the blob tire, man. Yeah, it dude. Sucks. We fucking made it happen, man. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And let's fucking uh, well, that was some free will right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> strong free. Yeah, will. <laughs> we'll have to do it again when Isaiah's present. It'll. Uh, I feel like there's some kind of disconnect. I don't know. If you were there's here, a, there's man, a lag. So it's like you say I was about something. To say, that's 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 the main thing. Is like. You guys will like start saying something, and then I'll like have something to say, but it's like you've already moved on. To oh shit! Because ah, we're thirty. You know it's I mean? like a it's well, three seconds or something. That's all right, man. Thirty well, milliseconds. It's, it's nothing. You guys are doing wrong or anything, but it's like I'll I'll, I'll even hear it like whenever I, I like try to jump in or something, like it's behind. You know what right. I mean? But we'll we'll get it in person. I just had some some craziness over at the house here, yeah. so we all got crazy shit going on. Uh, it was the, a day, man. It was a real day. While Trump's being impeached, we we've got our own personal problems. That we yeah, at least it's not that bad. Zone in on and and focus. Uh, Is that your little girl? Hmm? Your baby? I have two little boys. Oh, that's a little but, boy. I'm sorry, yeah. I, baby. Yeah, I just saw like the a, face, and it's like they're pretty much so they're gender neutral <laughs> <laughs> until you put the bow on it. You know. Um, All right, Isaiah. Well, you. sorry, I wasn't more. We should talk about family stuff. We can do that some other time. Of course, yeah, definitely for sure. Appreciate it, dude. Bye. Bye, brother. Yeah, thanks for thanks for everything, guys. Yeah. Talk to you later.